Yep. Yeah, anybody that's here anyway. All right, so welcome to tonight's The Brown Bag U.S. It is October, what is it, the 26th today, I think? Yeah, it's the 26th. I got the right day at least. Uh, so it's October 26th. We're going to talk about SAP HANA on vSAN. So we've got Rowan Townsend and Keith Townsend, Punch and Clouds and TTO Advisor, respectively. And, uh, oh, get it twisted. Yeah. I know we look alike. <laughs> we don't sound nothing alike. Right. <laughs> so just a couple housekeeping things before we let this crazy show get started. Of course, you guys know where to find us, V Brown Bag. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. I'll be watching tonight for questions. Uh, we are here every Wednesday, generally, unless there's some kind of crazy summit or whatever and everybody's busy. 7.30 p.m., not 6.30 you can join at 6.30. might just be hanging out with me and playing my ukulele for an hour. But uh, 7.30 every Wednesday is when we are here. We've got some other shows around the world. You can check the schedule. A couple housekeeping things. OpenStack is happening now, and I think that's over in Barcelona. Yes, um, it is. Yep. Yesterday to the 28th, I think. And also we've got uh, VForum Sydney. We're going to be doing some tech talks there, which is November 10th. So we've got a sign-up sheet on our V Brown Bag blog. You can go there if you want to sign up and talk, which makes you really cool. We really like people to do tech talks with us. Um, so they're tech talks. They're 10-minute presentations. Um, you know, skip the skip the marketing stuff. Just keep it to the good meat and potatoes of uh, you know good stuff. So that's all I have. I'm Anthony Hook here an hour early. Anthony our Hook on Twitter, and we've got uh, these two guys to learn us some smarts. So you guys take it away. You're up to Hook now, buddy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. This is going to be a pretty high-energy uh, V. Brown bag because, one, is Keith Tolbert, which is coming to an end, and we, we only did three official – regular V brown bags this uh, month because VMworld Europe was last week and I guess they just didn't want to overwhelm you you with the uh, with that which is Keith Tober. So the first week was me doing a VSAN on Intel Nook Lab showing you guys how I built that. Then the second week, we talked through what it took to be an enterprise architect or go into that next step of your career and become an architect. And I think as the conversations went, those first two V. Brown bags, originally I kind of planned this to be, oh, why should you run VMware vSAN or why should you run v, uh, SAP HANA on vSAN and then advantages of that? But because the tone, but, <laughs> but the tone of the a lot of the questions, I thought what would be a much more practical episode would be me playing the role of a customer, which which I am, that's considering running uh, SAP HANA non-prod on vSAN or some other HCI uh, platform, which I am talking to someone who is a solutions architect uh, or at least has a history of being a solutions architect, which is Rollison. Rollison works. Rollison, what's your role at VMware these days? I know you work in the office of the CTO. Break down to the audience what you do uh, in your day-to-day -day now. i tell you what I don't do. Solutions architect. Never been that in my life at VMware, but I'll take it. <laughs> I wear several hats. Um, so I work uh, in the office of the CTO in the storage and availability business unit, and I am predominantly focused around storage technologies, software-defined storage things, and virtual fan is one of those pieces, the one that I happen to sort of lead from day one since it was launched, um, one of my favorites. I breathe it, live it like you wouldn't believe it. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I help our customers uh, find... Uh, you know, how do we fix our pain points with our technologies, regardless whether it's just vCenter with the other ones, all the other ones that we have within our business unit, uh, and sort of uh, create things and make things, you know, 
fit in places they weren't meant to be in, figure it out. But I do a lot of that stuff. So while while Rollison doesn't have the official title of a solutions architect, he, he I went hard. To, what was that? I went hard. I went yes. hard. You went hard. He uh from from a customer perspective, he's somebody that I would turn to and say, "Look, I got this problem, and it's a business problem, right, Rollo? You would say that uh, the the problems that your business unit solves are not just technology problems; they're business problems, right? Absolutely, technology is the means to the end. So I have this business problem, and I'm going to present to you guys the business problem that I have. And Rollo is going, and I'm calling him Rollo because we all call him Rollo. Whatever. And, it's all good. Yeah, whatever. Just as long as at the end of the night he convinces me that vSAN is the way to go. You'll see. That I'm going to present to him this problem that I have, and he's going to use, and, and it's easy because vSAN is actually a really great product. We, we spent some time talking about it. On my podcast, vSAN has, has really grown up. But a application like if you've ever supported SAP in the past, it's usually supporting some type of mission-critical workload. So vSAN had this question on could it support mission-critical workloads in general. We'll get into that as a high-level question. Oh, yeah, we're going to bring it. And then we're going to get into why should I run SAP HANA non-prod and I caveat that and say non-prod, and I'll get into, and Rollison will share too, while we say non-prod, and then uh, get into kind of that back and forth as a customer and uh, uh, a, a, a someone representing VMware's CTO office, why, they, why they're making an argument for SAP HANA on vSAN. So let's talk about SAP in general. So SAP is an ERP application. You're going to run finances, HR, potentially uh, customer relationship management, uh, your manufacturing processes, your, basically your business processes through this application. So for some companies, depending on what workloads they're or what processes they're running through it, it can be mission critical. You can stop shipping product, paying customers, or receiving payments. The the three of the things you really need to do to keep your business running, including pay, pay employees. This, if it goes down, then your business can go down. So SAP as a company has put some really, I would say, stringent hooks around hardware that's certified to run SAP. And SAP traditionally has run in a SQL type of database, so Oracle, SQL Server, DB2, Sybase would usually be the back-end database for SAP traditional. That's been that way for the past, you know, 100 years of SAP. A few years ago, SAP bought this company called HANA. HANA is an in-memory analytics database. If you're familiar with uh, the Spark, the open-source Spark product or project, which just takes a traditional database, converts it into a column-based database, and it resides in memory. There's obvious advantages to an in-memory database versus a disk I.O.-based uh, database. Before, you know, especially with Oracle, we're, you know, we're counting, we're counting the number of spindles. We're worried about uh, flash uh, versus spinning disk, we're worried about the number of spinning disks so we can commit a, 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 a more transactions versus using flash for transactions versus using flash for reading and databases. Uh, there's these complex schemes we go, go through to improve I.O. from a technical perspective to get the most performance out of our database. When you take that restraint and you move it to, or you take that constraint and you move it to memory, and you say that now the constraint is no longer disk I.O., but now it's CPU because all of my database resides in memory, and this is just as simple as how fast can the CPU crunch the query that's in memory versus the getting, loading that 
data set off a disk into memory, processing it in the CPU, and then churning out results. Processes that might have taken hours or not completed at all now run in seconds or minutes. So that's the business value of HANA. HANA allows businesses to move a lot faster, do some incredibly powerful analytics because the things that we we tried to do in the past that require you know looking up multiple queries from multiple I mean multiple uh, tables from multiple databases, uh, processing massive amounts of data just took too long. The I/O constraint was just too big, and now we get into a CPU constraint uh, issue where SAP now puts these massive constraints. What used to be fine to run our SAP on Oracle or SQL is no longer adequate. We need just big, e uh, the fastest Xeons we can get. Uh, there's uh, SAP put constraints around the type of storage you can use, the type of uh, CPU you can use, and even the networking all have to be certified to run on HANA. So SAP came out with these with basically two models of how you can consume HANA from a infrastructure perspective. You have what's called a appliance. So you can go to the EMCs of the world, the H or I'm sorry, the Dell EMCs of the world. The get it right, get it right. The, yeah, Michael Dell has corrected me a couple of times on that one. Don't so, get it twisted. Yeah, don't get it twisted. You can go to the Dell EMCs of the world. The HPEs, the uh, Cisco's, SGI, you name it, Lenovo, IBM, if they make servers, they make an appliance. The appliance is basically uh, a stock piece of equipment like a HPE DL580, some three-par storage, and some HP networking, all basically certified, tested to run SAP HANA. You go with that Typically model. Compute. In Typically compute. computer appliances. Yeah. Yes. And SAP will certify that and support that. You have a problem. There's no questions asked, and they will support the data, everything from the database down to the storage and hardware, and life is good. If you're a conservative company, it's, a, it's kind of the way to go for production. Over the past few years, they've, they've eased back on that stance and allowed what they call TDI, Tailored Data Center Initiative, I think is the I stands for, or integration, depending on where you read, the I stands for something uh, else. But basically, the ideal is bring your own. If you already have a VMAX storage array, HPE storage, VMware, vSphere, if you already have a combination of best of breed hardware, you have 10 gig networking, and you're fairly certain that the performance of your infrastructure will support the application, and the individual components are certified for SAP HANA, you can build your own SAP infrastructure out of your best of breed software and hardware. The big difference is, is when you call SAP, they're not going to support the whole stack. They'll say, you know what, this seems like a storage issue. Go ahead and call your storage vendor. Or this sounds like a, a OS issue. Go ahead and call your OS vendor, et cetera, et cetera. So while you're able to uh, get initial support from SAP, life is good. Uh, that level of, of integrated support is different. You don't have one throat to choke. Then you have this third piece, which is uh, – go ahead, Rollison. I'm like, that's a really rough term to use, one throat to choke. <laughs> it, it, is, it is a rough, it's a, you know, it's, it's an old school term. I, I'm, I think I'm showing my age whenever I say that. People, whenever I say <laughs> it in meetings today, people raise their eye like, wait, did he just say he's going to choke us? He's so like, violent. God, yeah, so aggressive. Yeah, yeah, first, then, you know, he's bald, he has a beard. That, 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 Keith, your image is not uh, too uh, friendly. So... <laughs> You, you, so those are the two official models. Then there's this unofficial model, which is called just, you know, it's your engineer. It's an application. You understand the constraints. It's some CPU. This is a CPU, CPU and memory constrained application. I.O., while important, so, you know, let's say that you need to load. At some point, you need to load the database into memory. So if you boot up the server, uh, from um, from a cold boot, you have a one terabyte memory uh, HANA uh, database. 
that one terabyte has to be read from disk into memory. So disk isn't exactly a non-issue, and I think Rollison would get into the advantages of having fast disk backing SAP HANA. But from a pure engineering perspective, you know, we're engineers and we look at, you know, we get this, these requirements for applications all the time. We're, we're like, okay, I don't understand what's special. If I understand the constraints, I understand how to alleviate those constraints, why am I paying a premium for certified hardware? This 100%. Is, agree. Agree. And this, is, and this is where we get into my business problem. In my organization, from a day-to-day -day perspective, I need bulletproof, rock-solid support. I need that single point of contact for my production SAP HANA. That means that my production SAP HANA might be prohibitively expensive, but that's irrelevant. I still have to buy it because that's my support model. For non-prod, that means that I can't afford that same model for non-prod. I have to do something else. I either have to look towards TDI or this build-your-own model. And now this is me practically. I'm out, out in the market space looking at, you know what, what solutions fit this model of where I spend, you know, I'm spending 60-70% of my budget on production, and production is just a fraction of the size of my non-prod, and I need a lot more capacity for non-prod, but I can't take that same cost model for my non-prod. So I'm looking for solutions, and I come and look at, and VMware has announced this vSAN solution that collapses the storage into the storage and compute all into a single node or single set of nodes. That looks like that's going to save me data center floor space and money, but is it legit? Can I run SAP HANA on this platform? Rollo, convince me, man. I, I, I don't see it. So here's the deal, right? So, so vSAN is just one portion of, of that stack. In the reality, vSphere gives you the ability to run uh, SAP HANA the way you traditionally do it, but now we brought on this high-performance storage, uh, virtualized storage capability to the stack that allows you to kind of bring it all together in one. By doing that, uh, you have a system that is designed to be highly available, which is what you want in an application like this. A system that can deliver, you know, high volumes of performance because it could be built specifically in different types of storage media, whether it's going to be hybrid or all flash. I would always recommend all flash, which is what we do there. Um, and is able to give you, as you were alluding to before, this is the, the one system today in the industry that has the right architecture in place to deliver the lowest overhead in CPU to deliver the, the functions and services that it does so that you can then use HANA to use to consume the larger capacity of the resources that are there to do what it does, right? At the same time, because you're able to control the expense on how you put that system together in this model, you can save. So you don't have to focus on having the same expense that you would do in a traditional uh, production deployment, but now you have the ability to even even fluctuate that and, and kind of drive it towards the cost savings that you want and you need to. Now the technology that you need in place to to make the performance, the space efficiency, the availability, and all those things that you want in these type of mission critical applications are there. So they're being done in a way that are introducing the lowest level of overhead to the system, which is typically you know within the 10% space, but as you consume, as you introduce more capacity, and we're managing higher levels of, of, uh, of flash, per se, in this particular case, that does tend to go up a little bit. But it's something that you're looking at 10% of a core and things of that nature where when you're looking at what you're trying to solve, the problems you're trying to fix from an infrastructure perspective to deliver to your application, this gives you the lowest overhead that you have so that your application can function um, the way that it needs to. One particular thing that this product delivers today um, in terms of the technology and why is it applicable to, to HANA, how things work. So one of the things you were saying is that HANA is something that wants to be, you know, working in sort of memory resident type of uh, workload. Those things are very beneficial to 
the way uh, you know the, the application works and the system should be able to deliver that. Well, Visa has a couple of capabilities from the storage perspective that will deliver the performance that are required to some degree in, in that particular uh, request or demand or, or, or design where there's a client-side cache that is entirely done in memory, uh, which is basically added to the system. So things are being processed, and depending on how the applications are laid out, the, the different pieces, the different ACP HANA components are laid out across the number of hosts. Um, the system can effectively do this and, and have active, active blocks, active functions directly on memory uh, up to a certain level, a certain size and degree. That, on top of the fact that you're running in a system that is uh, running all flash to deliver, you know, from a performance perspective, the only way you get better is if you start operating completely in memory. And that's something that not every system can do today. Uh, the storage stack in Vista, which is vSAN in this particular case, can do some of that to a certain level. But beyond that, you're now dealing with the fastest potential devices that you can have in the industry today from a, from a, from a flash uh, uh, storage device capability which deliver the fastest potential uh, results for that particular application in a way that is designed to do that, not only from an IOPS perspective, because that's where everyone really also gets caught on to all the time. In reality, what, what this system delivers, which is why it's so crucial and, and, and important to understand some of the technical aspects of it, is the fact that it delivers the performance of based on sub-millisecond latencies, which is what you want. That's how you should really evaluate your performance, and that's what uh, where the uh, benefit from from running applications such as SAP HANA on vSAN will, will, will be seen. And, and we've done a lot of testing. We have documentation around this, which has been publicly available, because it's not only that from a technology performance and capability perspective, the vSphere solution can deliver the value that SAP HANA demands. But, you know, we talk about it now in the form of non-prod, and that's fine because, you know, a customer wants, as you stated, Keith, uh, one single point of contact to for support. Um, and while today the vSphere converged, the hyperconverged stack is not certified for SAP HANA in production, that's something that we're VMware's working on, along with many other, many a couple of the other uh, vendors that are in that particular space. Um, and we have some pretty some pretty valuable, uh, plausible kind of reasons to do that because of the results we've been able to prove and, and, and showcase around performance, being able to deliver what's needed for that particular application to deliver uh, what what is expected in a production environment. So that it's not to think that it's not capable of running, you, you're not capable of running SAP HANA on a, on a vSphere stack, now also adding the storage piece to it uh, is the one aspect where we have to get complete support for that. But when the time comes, the solution today delivers what the application requires, not only from a technology perspective, but also from a cost perspective, which is some of the things that we want to sort of highlight why I think you should really run SAP HANA whenever possible, right, particularly now in the uh, non-prod approach, because from the economics perspective, um, it makes sense. From the per performance perspective, it makes even more sense. And from everything else that an application of such uh, of SAP uh, requires, the, that particular hyperconverged stack, including with the storage computer and the network, can deliver everything that is demanding that you be concerned with. So, Rosen, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you, and yes. I want this to work because the economics, as you point out, the economics makes sense. I'm spending way more money than I want to on my production. At some point when SAP certifies vSAN for uh, SAP HANA, that would even drive those economics but even in preparation for that let, let's talk about some of this the, the importance of like uptime when it comes to yeah. vSAN even with yeah. non-prod HANA we say non-prod but you know this is break fix this is de development environments these environments get treated almost the same as production if they I might not get a p1 ticket if they go down but I'm going to get a call from the VP of the SAP group if uh, the development system goes down and there's a break fix in the in, in, in the pipeline or if they have consultants on staff doing it so obviously while I want to save money 
this this thing got to be this thing has to be up. I, I understand the resiliency of vSphere. vSphere is in my everyday environment, but today I'm backing up vSphere with VNX, VMAX, HDS, high quality, mm -hmm. high, highly available storage arrays. Mm -hmm. Why 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 should I trust vSAN to you know something as mission critical as my? While I say it's non-prod, it, it, you know, don't let that title fool you. Oh, no, no, no. First of all, remember this. A, a non-prod system, a, or as we call it, a test and dev system, it's just another, it's another mission-critical system with a different purpose. So we don't really sort of uh, take away from that particular responsibility. It's, it's just as critical for the particular space where it's being used as, as, as the production. You can develop without your system being run, and you can validate without that system being running. So it's just as critical as everything else. It's just that it may not be public-facing, but the impact to your business could be uh, substantial either way. So therefore, we don't we don't neglect the fact that we call a non-prod a, uh, you know, in terms of importance. We don't. It's not the point there. But maybe in, the term of non-prod leads specifically to what we're discussing, which is potentially cutting some of the costs, some of the overhead, because it's not uh, the the SLAs and the availability requirements there may not be the same because they may not impact a a you know, a consumer, it, it, it might have a direct impact to the to the value of the service of the business. But anyways, um, one of the things particularly there that you want to look for is, number one, if you're going to test a system, you want to evaluate performance. Uh, so you, you typically take it take this into this, you know, secondary, let's say, infrastructure, secondary solution, to evaluate whether or not your solution is going to be able to perform in a production environment. So it should be at least substantially equal, if not the same. But the, the deal there is the cost constraints if they do exist. Now, when we talk about this whole solution, the storage is just one piece of it, right? And that's where the data lives and, and, and a particular type of device to media solution can be acquired. You have VMAXs and whoever delivers storage, you know, storage is storage and it's consumed in the same way from everybody. The thing about traditional storage is that you have to manage it separately, consume it in a different model, and buy it in a different model altogether. Those things would not be as appealing for you as you grow an infrastructure if it's not already in place. And if you're looking to have some sort of cost saving, um, you know, those things are those tend to be more expensive than potentially some of the things we're talking about right now in a converged um, infrastructure. Um, so if you're concerned about availability and performance, why should you go on a VSAN over, uh, over a VMAX for your for this particular use case. Well, the reality is that if you're evaluating performance based on um, on the capability or, or, or performance of the application from an IOPS perspective, think about what you can achieve on a per node basis on a particular vSAN configuration, depending on the devices that you put in there. Today, you can get up to 150,000 IOPS if that matters, which I, I always tell people, you know, don't focus on IOPS because you can 60 odd problem with more disk. But the media devices, the protocols that are being used for this particular storage uh, offering from vSphere now is basically you have the, the latest and greatest devices, NVMe. Uh, with, you know, in terms of performance, you can't get any better. Uh, you're able to get an all-flash type of solution for potentially half or even potentially even less the cost of a, of a traditional array to, for, from a vSAN perspective, and that's just performance. You can distribute the performance in par par parallel throughout the entire system based on the number of, you know, the, the composition of, of, of the storage and how the disks are laid out to deliver not only the performance you expect to keep it, uh, to keep the active data in the, uh, in the, uh, in the right buffer and in, in the, in the, in the, in the best, you know, best of performance devices, but also at the same time, you have the same or greater level of availability in a reduced cost with this process. Because if you're trying to deliver high availability for this mission-critical application in either use case you're presenting it, from an infrastructure perspective, we build infrastructure to deliver availability, which comes at a cost. 5969, which is an application type of, uh, such as this one requires, it is a very, very expensive, it only talking about from a storage perspective, it is a very expensive investment. Whereas in, a new, in this new model that vSUN delivers, conjunction with Visa or everything else, you can deliver the same level of availability, sustained performance, right, and accessibility at a fraction of that cost because now 
you can build the availability based on the number of nodes you have within this particular cluster. And that actually scales your compute, your storage, and everything all together in one. And, and, and just that, uh, just in that sort of offering, you end up having a lot of cost savings from a CapEx perspective. But if you take it a little deeper, something that matters sometimes a, a bit more than the CapEx, and remember, we can get deals from companies and discounts and all that kind of stuff. But the, one of the bigger values here that's added is the operational efficiency, the, the OPEX. Because now you may not have the one throat to choke that you have in the fully certified SAP HANA uh, solution uh, when it comes to support. But now you're looking at having everything managed based on the same sort of knowledge that you already have for managing vSphere. The workflows to manage storage are very simple. They're almost non-existent. You're not managing a separate storage function, which when you think about what you're adding, the complexity, which is what you want to avoid, this is what this what this is bringing on. When you so want I'm to deliver, to I'm sorry. So I'm starting to see an an advantage here for yeah. a my SAP running in a virtualized environment, running in on top of vSAN. I got a question for you. One of the problems yeah. that I run into, or I don't know if it's a problem. It's just one of those inefficiency things. If I have a a bare metal SAP HANA instance, a, a one terabyte machine, a machine with one terabyte, two terabyte, doesn't matter, a, a, a huge x86 machine, and I have, I'm only licensed for let's say a 512 gig uh, HANA database. So obviously I have a bunch of headroom that doesn't really get utilized one of the things that I'm hearing that one of the potential advantages of vSAN and this model that you're, this HCI model you're preaching to me is that if I have vSphere running on top of these same boxes, I have my 1200, my 512 gigabyte of RAM dedicated to my SAP HANA workload, so that VM running HANA. Are you telling me that vSAN and vSphere optimizes the, 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 the cache memory of the cluster to better improve the storage functions? Absolutely. So, so I'm not wasting the, that extra capacity, that extra physical capacity. No. So you're going to be consuming your capacity as it is based on, on that data that you're storing. But here's what happens in vSAN in terms of how data is processed and how data is written out and how it's managed within the particular stack. So from a storage perspective, vSAN works in a way where, you know, it's based on a, on a, on a multi-tier type of architecture, uh, typically called caching devices in, a, in a, uh, a storage device. When you're dealing with an old-flash configuration, the caching device doesn't exist. Now that becomes a write buffer. So that's where all the read and writes are going. But the way vSAN works is like this. While your data at rest rests in terms of capacity on what you have available on, the, on, the, on that tier, vSAN works based on active blocks, active data. So on each node, now we take up to a gig of RAM and allocate it to this particular workload that you're running there, which essentially your workload could be bigger than one gig you come to a point where that gets full, but now you'll be, you'll be working back off these, uh, 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 these uh, flash devices, which is where you know, everything goes through in terms of the right buffer. But you can see how the system out of the box, you don't have to do, there's no fine tuning, there's no advanced settings. Out of the box is tuned to do this kind of thing for your application specifically. So that, that I think that's probably even coming into that this conversation. I knew some high level that there was some optimizations and some value beyond some technical value beyond kind of okay, this is at least as good as what I'm getting in my traditional environment. But you know, I'm 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 hard headed, man. I, I'm an old school guy. I like my fancy old. The the no offense, but your your EMC brethren or your Dell EMC yeah. brethren do a really great job of selling me on the classic storage arrays, which are great. 
But I have to be missing something. When when what am I missing out on, man? I, I know you work for VMware and VSAN is your uh-huh. is your love child, but there has to be a short end of the stick somewhere. What what is it that you're not telling me? What is it that VSAN doesn't do? Do do I have less? Like if I if I lose a, a VSAN node that has an active uh, 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 that I have active write buffer in there. If I lose that node, do I do I lose data? No. So here's so, so you know honestly, obviously, a storage traditional storage arrays have their purpose. Uh, but just like everything else, they need to evolve. The evolution of storage has now become what you see in the industry, which is software-defined storage. Abstract everything, including the data path, the data services, and deliver that on commoditized uh, hardware. Now. VSAN may have in terms of, uh, there are cases where VSAN may not be the most optimal solution to use as a storage solution from a particular virtualized solution, but those, I haven't found any myself. I'd rather not speak to them because I don't know that many anyways. But the deal is this. So the point that you bring up is this. You know, and, and I think I mentioned this before, availability is a big factor. What you just said right now, if I lose a node, I lose data. And one of the things that, this particular solution as part of the stack, because you know we're we're kind of focusing on vSAN, but vSAN is just a storage extension of vSphere that now manages and deals with your enterprise class storage, capable just as any other traditional storage solution out there, including with data services. Now, in vSAN, it's a you know the way that storage stack is built is based on um, not having any single point of failures from a software hardware perspective or single points of scalability constraints. What that means is this. When you deploy an application, any VM by default, without having to do anything as an end user, every single application and every single disk of that application, it's deployed with an N plus one availability ratio, which means that while the VM runs in one host, the data is being written in sync into multiple places. Now that can change between one copy, two copies, or three replica copies of that particular data set, which means that in order for you to lose, maybe potentially have an outage, and not necessarily lose data, because you can have an outage, come back after a certain time, and things resync and go back to normal, but to lose access to your data, you will potentially have to suffer four continuous failures within the system where none of the data could be accessible, right? So that comes into the the availability play that you can deliver for your application. And if you were to calculate and just think about what it takes to deliver, uh, the equivalent to failures to tolerate equals four. A four to lose four consecutive components, four consecutive failures at any point within the infrastructure, which could mean the network, the storage, the the the, 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 the rack, whatever. At the same time, that is the only way where you will got potentially get an outage. Whereas, in order for the application to be out, in order for the application to actually suffer an outage, this has to happen. Where the actual SAP HANA or one of the SAP HANA um, appliance or uh, servers or devices or one of the components of the of the application is running, if the host where that application is running fails, that virtual machine goes down, but because vSAN is tied into the rest of the stack with HA specifically, from a service perspective, that virtual machine comes right back up within minutes on another node, but the data is still accessible because the data exists throughout the cluster, distributed, laid out, right, in many different places, in many chunks, smaller chunks, and those smaller chunks are done in a way that through the level of recoverability that the system uses, which is through parallelism, and we leverage that effectively throughout the entire system, we can recover from multiple places to resynchronize data in smaller chunks, in smaller chunks, to do that even faster than a traditional solution would do. So the sense of losing a node doesn't necessarily mean that you lose data because your data is distributed across the cluster, and you can define the levels of availability for your application. And in that particular aspect, it means that your deployment can consume potentially twice, three times, or even four times the capacity from a from a storage perspective uh, in a traditional model. But now, when we're talking about using 
the old flash deployment where we have space efficiency features like the duplication and compression as well as erasure coding. When you use the erasure coding layout, you get to save up to, you know, 50 percent, depending on the, the size of the data uh, of the working sets and the, the amount of data you're storing. A lot of that savings because we're striping data across the cluster instead of doing actual exact replicas. Oh wait, hold but on. The you, data you, is you, you, you was kind of holding back on me on that. So okay, there, there there's erasure coding and deduplication as well yes. in this product. Yes. You kind of buried the lead there, man. So th 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 this is not just a raw capacity. This is not a story about raw capacity because, again, I'm, I'm driving efficiency. Talk to me a, a little bit about this, this, this deduplication and erasure coding. What does it buy me exactly? So, so, he, so the, the combination is pretty great, to be honest, because here's, here's an actual fact of the technologies in place. Deduplication and compression are not guaranteed, right? You have, it, it all depends on the data that you're using and, and the type of data stored. If you have the duplicable data, such as, you know, um, you know, it could be a, a media file, it could be a database, or vice versa, within the vSense stack from the storage perspective, we have the ability to deliver as one space efficiency features, which are dedupe and compression. So start by, if your data is deduplicable, we deduplicate it. And if it's not, at the same time, without any extra cost, we'll compress it. So whatever data is deduplicable will be deduped, and if it's compressible, we'll compress it. So your, your ratio in terms of savings and efficiency will be based on what type of data you have, which is not always going to be guaranteed, right, because it's going to fluctuate depending on that type of application and, and what type of data you're storing. That's one. At the same time, on top of that, we can deliver the erasure coding layout for RAID 5 or RAID 6 across the nodes over the network, which is space efficiency guaranteed because now we take a different approach on the way we lay out and distribute the data for accessibility and performance. So now instead of having to have an exact replica copy of your data, when you deploy failure to tolerate equals one, that level of availability or equals two, that would translate into if your HANA database application is 512 in terms of gigs, it'll be 1.5 gigs just to maintain the level of availability you will need. Well, if you use erasure code and dupe and compression, all those things together, you end up doing all of those savings on top of each other. And in terms of the ability to, to, to save a lot more and, and from a cost-effective per, uh, uh, perspective and from the efficiency of that capability being introduced on, on the same stack, you have absolute uh, space efficiency savings that are not typically delivered through every system, right? Because we can do... You know, a traditional system can do rate five, rate six, and all that stuff, but do they all do them in one, the same stack, with the minimal, with, uh, introducing, a, you know, a very minimal overhead from a CPU perspective, and still have the same performance and availability requirements your application desires, and at the same time, deliver the savings and efficiency that you're looking for? So um, um, I'm just about sold on the concept of vSAN running... SAP HANA. I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing, but I'm going to get a little greedy because I like what I hear. And but you know what? I'm an old school SAP guy. I know what it feels like for when SAP goes down. So we're we're greedy. We we don't allow other stuff to be run alongside of our SAP. Our storage arrays are dedicated to uh, SAP and SAP workloads. Our compute is all one-to-one. -one. We, we do as little shared infrastructure as possible. However, huh? I have these bolt-on apps that are Windows, Linux, etc. And I'm thinking about I'm thinking about being a little greedy and not dedicating this vSphere cluster and vSAN cluster to uh, just SAP HANA and throwing some mixed work workloads in there. Can I do that? Absolutely, you can. Uh, but in the testing that we've been doing and what we've been working on, because of the demand uh, of, of, of SAP HANA as an application, and, and trying to go after the model which would be the most likely to be deployed and used by our customers, so far we've done it where, you know, 
it's a dedicated closet just for Hana. Now, I know that may sound a little like, okay, dedicated. You don't have to, but it's based, remember, this is all based on your requirements. You can have mixed workloads if the requirements for performance and availability and capacity within your environment do not, uh, do not have any contention with you putting other mixed workloads in there as well. But here's another thing, too. If you're looking to, you know, get the advantage of a cost savings, it's kind of taking that approach. Of, you know, we don't have money to burn all the time. We can't just shake trees. So, you know, cost is always a constraint in every sort of an environment. Um, when, you, when you look at what you have to acquire to maintain your production, business running, remember, production, non-product, those are different execution zones with different purposes, right? But they're just as, as important. But when you do the, the, the one that's particular tied into the day-to-day -day business operations, as you said, you do dedicated compute, dedicated storage, dedicated network, you don't share anything. Do the math on that, what it takes to acquire a certified SAP HANA storage solution, a certified SAP HANA compute solution, a certified SAP HANA network stack, all those different components, they're very expensive, very, very expensive. Oh, I told right. you. I told you. I'm being greedy. I'm. I'm. You know. I'm. I'm. Right. I'm I, for me, again, you're preaching to the choir in my production right. environment. I've priced out dedicated hardware. SAP is very restrictive. You, you know, there some sizes, even VMAXs. Some size VMAXs. They're saying that you can only run 16 HANA workloads on a VMAX, which obviously has way more capacity to to do than to run 16. HANA workloads, but they're super conservative in, in what they'll certify. So I hear you, uh, and more than likely what I would build would be something with a dedicated uh, a dedicated cluster environment for my SAP HANA workloads. Again, I just I was just being greedy and, see, and seeing if you were just trying no, no, to no. sell. No, no, no. It's no, it's fine, but here's what I would tell you. Um, the thing is that you could have a dedicated cluster, dedicated converge solution for a fraction of what that costs to, to keep the, the production execution zone running. So you will be able to have, from an isolation, from a fault domain perspective, you'll be able to actually maintain these environments the way you need to, to deliver the performance and value you need to, but still maintain cost savings, which is important here. This is the one thing we have to, you know, we, we, the technology and the capabilities as part of that hyper-converged stack from, with vSphere and vSAN is there. Now, the question is, it's the value and the money and, and, and the benefit of that realm. Is, is, is it applicable? It, it, will it be there? And the, and the answer to that is clearly yes. Now, the one thing we're missing here is we don't have the official blessing and support from SAP for this solution, which is work in progress, right? That's something that's it's in the works. And the fact that one of our, you know, lead executives was an SAP guy, you know, Sanjay Puna, you know, it's a matter of time until we start, you know, calling Sanjay, you know, hey, Hook us up here. Make some move the needle a little bit for us here, right? Especially after you just got that CEO. Just especially after you just got that CEO job. I, you know, I I feel like man, I, I interviewed that guy on the Cube. Now, well, now I feel like I'm famous. Yeah, I'm you telling you, Sanjay, you got a big job. You better believe it. That call's gonna come in from here any any time. I hit him up all the time. He's responsive too. So, so the thing is this: the value from the overall solution is there. Obviously, the the, the logistics from a support perspective, th those things have to be worked out. But I think that the hyper-converged solution that VMware provides today um, particularly addresses the requirements from a performance, availability, cost, right, and capabilities, all entirely done in a hyper-converged solution, uh, you know, from VMware. And being, uh, being that the storage stack is obviously running virtual plants, it's all there, right? And the one thing that we haven't even discussed, and for you, you're greedy and I have to change your mind, and this is where maybe potentially there may be some challenges, because here's one thing that we're, we're overlooking and we should never overlook on how this stuff works now in, uh, with VMware, is the operational efficiency. You are used to managing different LUNs, LUNs that are limited based on the number of IAPs they can deliver. They limit you in the number of VMs that you can run, because in order to recover them in a worst-case scenario, you have to be within a certain SLA. Uh, you have to typically have different 
disks and different data stored in different lunts and volumes according to the performance and availability requirements. All of these things make your infrastructure prone to risks and exposed to a lot of risks, human operational risks, which in our converged solution now with virtual sand, you eliminate. Because now those requirements from a performance, availability, and, and capacity perspective are applied in the form of a policy systematically to each one of those individual components, which translates into business as a, what we call a, uh, uh, what do they call uh, insurance policies. Because now you have the ability to systematically offload functions that we would typically do to maintain uh, SLAs within an infrastructure are now delivered in the system so that you don't have to deal with that manually on a day-to-day -day basis, and the system will actually validate compliance, which means is are the requirements from a storage perspective being delivered to this particular object or that particular SAP HANA application. And that, within itself, is something that no one else in the industry has, and to me, probably one of the most important pieces that we have in that, in that hyper-converged stack, because it's all about operational efficiency. This is what we're trying to drive for. Not only, you know, we tend to get really affinitized to the the CapEx aspect of it. But remember, there's a hell of a lot of discounts from Dell EMC and everybody, every other vendor out there that you get as a, as, a, as, a, as a customer. But the value then starts coming from the operational efficiency that you introduce to that system so you can do more with less and you can reduce your risk. And dealing with siloed infrastructures, that is a huge risk and a huge problem because I've dealt with that for most of my, my career and now I no longer have to do that. And that's something that you should probably consider and experience because in yeah, terms of value, of things, that's what you want. Yeah, one of the things that, that's hidden on for me that I'm thinking about, as, as you mentioned it, one of the things that environments that I've been in is that you get charged back for different grades of storage. And I have to go back and talk to teams and understand what that means. If, if the storage is all coming from this compute layer, do I then still have to, do I get charged back for premium storage? And this is like just a practical cost thing, that a chargeback thing. If all of the cost is in my compute silo, so to speak, then do I eliminate the chargeback for using storage, for using premium storage, and I'm still getting, in effect, premium storage. So that, that gives me something to uh, chew on and think about. So I think right. we're out of time, and we're going to give, uh, cool. we're gonna give the, the folks on the audience some time to ask some questions. I'm gonna wrap up, uh, Rollis, and if people, as if people can't find you on Twitter, what, where, where can they find you? I'm um, typically at uh, punchingclouds.com, or you can find some of my ramblings over also at the Virtual Blocks uh, site, which is a VMware corporate blog as well. But most of the time, you can find me on Twitter. Anything you want, I'm here for you. All right, and then me again, you can find me. I'm at CTO Advisor, the website, thectoadvisor.com, along with the podcast. Me and Rollison actually did a podcast a couple of months ago when vSAN 6.2 was introduced, and we uh, talked about some of the features of vSAN 6.2. We're going to give it back over to Mr. Cook, Mr. Hook. Go ahead and uh, take us home, Mr. Hook. Yo, Captain Hook. Yeah, man. Hook us up. Hey, yeah. Hey, sounds good. You actually did most of my outro for me. Um, so we we didn't really have any questions as you guys were uh, were talking, which means I think you you must have covered things very well or either answered them, you know, before people got a chance to ask. Um, so if anybody else has anything, now is the time. Uh, if if we want to. Um, if somebody's feeling brave enough, they can uh, raise their hand and I can unmute them if you want to talk and join the conversation by voice. If anybody would like to do that or type it out. Um, I don't have anything pending on Twitter as far as questions. Um, so what do we got? Anybody Anybody have anything to add or ask? Don't be scared. Yeah, we, we, we just you sound aggressive. <laughs> we don't I mean, Keith is, Keith is aggressive, and he's like 6'6", six, six, and when you see him, he'll scare you to death, but I'm a little guy with solid ringing. <laughs> so uh, somebody said, for, for folks not familiar with SAP HANA, what's the best way to get up to speed? Punching clouds? No, I would say Keith. you got to go. I'm not an SAP HANA expert. I can speak on, 
on the on the aspect of you know applications requirements availability performance those kinds of things mission critical applications if you want to know anything about SAP Haas you got to talk to a true professional man that's key all right so SAP actually go to hana.sap.com uh, or go.sap.com SAP actually has a lot of free material to consume and learn HANA at, at. They actually offer, similar to VMware Hands-On Lab, they offer a live SaaS environment where you can consume HANA as a database. Uh, you can't obviously put production information or data there, but as a to get a feel for using an in-memory database, this is something from a business perspective. SAP they they don't outright say it, but this is a, 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 an affront or an attack on Oracle's database unit uh, business. I think 80% of HANA workload or SAP workloads run on Oracle. Uh, SAP wants that database revenue, so HANA is most definitely a attack on that. And as such, they they have an awful lot of free. Uh, uh, material out to consume and learn a lot of free courses to uh, start to learn HANA. There's an SAP HANA Express edition that you can download and run in your uh, home lab that recently came out. Came out, but that, My intent was to show that it's like a 32 gig uh, in-memory database. I just ran out of time. I didn't get to it, but that's most definitely something you can throw in your home lab and get to learn. Good question. Awesome. So uh, they they asked again. You said hana.sap.com. Did you mention another website, or was everything else? You no. So that's going to redirect you to go.sap.com. Got it. All right. Come on. I'm waiting for right, excellent questions. I, I want to get John Nicholson deep over here. <laughs> <laughs> deep questions. Anybody? Any anybody else got any? You can raise your hand. I'll unmute you if you got a microphone. If you're if you're willing, otherwise, otherwise uh, we've got nothing. You guys are too good. You didn't. Uh, you need to cover something a little more vague next time. Like you should have brought up, uh, you know, the the compression or dedupe at the end, and then you know made people ask about that. So <laughs> oh, I would have got my nerd. I would I would have got my nerd on on that topic. You know, we should we should what we should do is we should have. Uh, you know, I still got the HANA uh, vSAN lab kicked up. We should have uh, Rollison back on and walk us through kind of cool things to do in that Intel Nook all flash vSAN lab that I built. That would be pretty cool. Yes, that would be sick. I'm okay with that. That, that, that some operations. That would be awesome. Yeah, we could we could definitely send you guys up for that. Because I don't know what to do with it. I, the, you guys saw in that I'm first it. thing, I'm you know, I was like, I couldn't even find a tab to go and check the vSAN settings. I'm like, okay, I built this thing. It was super easy to deploy, but I don't know what to do with it. I just host That's VMs good. on it, and I get magical we compressions. I don't, I don't, I don't do yeah. anything other than that. We should definitely do that because I can show you the operational efficiency things that we do there where are probably, uh, uh, you know, another value add to, to what's going on. Yeah, so then somebody said, uh, does that mean we're having a Keith member? Actually, I think we got a pretty good, uh, uh, what are we calling November? Hold on, I just saw that in one of our rooms here. I think the next month is going to be, is it Jillvember? I don't remember. Anyway, we got we got some stuff planned out for next month, so maybe we'll need to do like a R Rollinson member. Lember. No, work. we need to do a Rollember. No, it's Rollember. Rollember? All right. Maybe we can do a Rollember sometime and, and uh, do, do December right for there. a month. Rollember. I'm down for that. Rollember. All right. Let's do some cross cut Bring it up. Let's, stuff. Let's, show you, let's show you where the pump Ooh. is going. You know? Multi-cloud stuff. I like, like that Everybody idea. else can do it. Yeah. Throw some Amazon in there if you can if you can show that yet. Throw some Yo, IBM cloud yeah, in there if you can show I'll, that yet. I'll have everything. I have I showed it at VMworld. You know the uh, the AWS, all the uh, IBM cloud. All I got all that. I I built all that. Oh really? Yeah, I got to get you on the I got to get you on the CTO advisor and talk about that, Rollo. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Just remember, 
Nobody gives you cloth cloud architecture management better than VMware does today. Every cloud looks exactly the same, regardless of where it is. Get right. and, and what's underneath? And what's underneath that? VSAN. Boom. VSAN and vSphere. All right. I think with that, I'm going to stop the recording here. So uh, thanks everybody for joining. Catch us next week. Uh, stay tuned to our blog and find out what's next. If you uh, only caught part of this and you want to catch up, we're on YouTube. You can subscribe to us there. We're on iTunes. You can subscribe to us there. Check out our blog. We post everything there. So thanks, everybody, for joining. And